Moed Cotton, Daf Gimel Amud Beis, Creating Space Before Time, to Sefer Shviz Kishviz. In our introductory shir to the Masechta of Moed Cotton on the first page, we talked about the fact that the various things we're not allowed to do on Cholam Moed, the Melachot of Cholam Moed, are not things that have been added. We haven't been given a list of prohibitions, a list of Yisurim. Rather than added prohibitions to the Cholam Moed period, the idea of melachas and cholamoyed is actually a subtraction of activities, subtracting activities from our usual routines, taking things out of our day-to-day routines, taking things out of our to-do lists, so that we create space that becomes available for simcha, for the joy of cholamoyed, uh, of, of yomtev, and of doing the avodah, doing that part of the, uh, of the temple service, of the uh, korbanot that we need to bring uh, on, on Yom Tif. Uh, and, and today, even though we don't have the Beis Hamikdash, certainly it's a time for us to have the vacancy to be able to have pleasure and enjoyment and get close to Hashem through the Avodah Sayom, through the, uh, the services and practices of the day. And we discussed the fact that unless we actually create space, unless you make space, uh, even for joy, it's very difficult to do it. It's very difficult to, to engage in the pleasures and joys of life, not only matters of Kedushah, just the general pleasures and joys of life, unless one has cleared space to be able to do that. Interesting that the opening Mishnah of the, um, of the Masechta throws in an idea of Shvit, of the Shemitah year. The very opening of the Masechta is Mashkin Beit HaShelachin B'moyed of Shvit. You can irrigate fields that are on a slope during Chol and during the Shemitah year. Now, it's understandable that there are certain laws that are, that are similar in the Shemitah year also. And there, there are certain things we're not allowed to do and many things we are allowed to do. Uh, but why put in Shemitah here? So clearly, Shemitah has a similar idea. Shemitah, the, period, the seventh year during which the one has to leave the land, not work it, let it just um, lie fallow and whatever it produces, it produces. Um, but the, the farmer withdraws from farming the land actively during the period of Shemitah, that too is to create vacancy. That too is not a question of adding a whole lot of malachot, a whole lot of prohibitions and isurim onto the seventh year. Rather, it is vacating. It is subtracting responsibilities and duties during that year to leave the farm people, the land workers, vacant and free to serve Hashem in intellectual ways, in spiritual ways, and not in their entire lives to be tethered to the working of the land. And we'll see that in the learning of today. The learning of today is based on a, a verse in Parashat Kitisa, Sheshit Yamim Ta'avod Yom This is the laws of Shabbat. You work for six days and the seventh day you, you rest. And then the Torah adds strangely, Becharish Uvekatsir Tishbor. And also from plowing and from reaping, from harvesting, you shall rest. And Rashi on that pasuk explains, we're talking about Shabbos. Why are we getting into agricultural laws all of a sudden? And he brings the Gemara um, that we're talking here about Erev Shvi'it HaNichnas L'Shvi'it. We're talking about the period of time just before the Shemitah year. V'Katsir Shel Shvi'it HaYotzei L'Motz Shvi'it in the period of time right after the Shvi'is. L'Lamed HaShem Mosifim Michol HaKodesh to teach you that you add from the ordinary days onto the sanctified days. 
And now we do this for Shabbat as well. We take a little bit of time from Friday and we bring Shabbat a bit in a bit earlier. We take a little bit of time from Saturday night and we take Shabbat out a little bit later. The same applies with Shemitah, that we've got to add a little bit before the Shemitah starts and we've got to keep a little bit after the Shemitah's finished. And then Rashi carries on to explain that the Posuk then reads, six days you shall work, on the seventh you'll, you'll rest. Uh, and these six days of work that I've allowed you, there is a particular year where even those six days are restricted, where you can't do whatever work you want, um, and that's um, the Shemitah year. However, you don't have to tell me that, so explains Rashi in the name of the Gemara. We know that you're not allowed to do that in the Shemitah year. So what is the additional law that is being stated here? What additional information are we, are we given here? And that what, what it teaches us is that not only the Shemitah year itself, but the time just before and just after the Shemitah year that, that applies to. Now in our Gemara, on Daf Gimel Amad Beis, when Rav Dimi came from, back to Babylon from Eretz Yisrael, he said, Yachol yilke ala tosefet. I might think that one can get Malkot, that one can be punished with, with uh, the whipping of Malkot, which is only done for an, uh, an Isidor Isa transgressing a Torah law. And they brought me a piece of Gomorrah to show me that it, that is patu, there is no malchot, there is no such punishment. And the Gomorrah goes into a discussion. I don't know what the Gomorrah is that he's talking about, and I don't know what the tosefet, what the additional time is. Rabbi Yochanan says that's referring to the Yamim Sifu Chachamim Lifnei Rosh Hashanah. Those are the days added before Rosh Hashanah of the Shemitah year during which you also can't do work. Um, and then what is what Rav Dibi was saying is I'd think that if a person did work the land on those days before Rosh Hashanah before the Shemitah year started that he's punished with the with Malkot um, and the Gemara proves that uh, that's not so that although one is not allowed to work the land during that time there isn't a punishment by a Beit Din there's not a human punishment for disrespecting that law. The Rambam brings the, the halacha in Hilchot Shemitah Yovel Peri Gimel in the beginning, and he says um, that certainly the, that the land um, uh, for, for a period of, of time before the, the seventh year, still in the sixth year, 30 days before Rosh Hashanah, uh, when is, one isn't allowed to work the land, halacha Sinai, that's a law principle that was has a long tradition and goes back to Sinai. And the Rambam adds the reason is that because although you're working in the sixth year, you're fixing the field, you're improving the field to be better in the seventh year. So although the timing of your work is in the sixth year, the outcome of the work and the purpose of your work is linked to the seventh year. And that's a little difficult to understand if we think of Shemitah the same way as we're thinking of Chol HaMoed. If we're saying just isn't Chol HaMoed, there's a period of time that we are relieved of certain routine and duties and responsibilities of our normal day-to-day life so that we're available for higher purpose and for the Simcha of Yom Tov. And in the same way, the Shemitah year, the seventh year, the farmers are relieved from some of their day-to-day duties, many of their day-to-day duties during the year, so that they can dedicate this year to the study of Torah and to doing things of higher purpose, not be tethered to the land. If that's the case, then that should start at the beginning of, of the Shemitah year. In the end, it's about the time. It's about having a year off. And what does it bother us that on the time before the year starts, 
the farmer is busy doing things that will have outcomes during the seventh year, and that's not allowed. That seems very strange. It's not like Shabbat. On Shabbat, on Friday, you can be doing things that, that will result with benefits on Shabbat. That's how you prepare for Shabbat. You cook on Friday so that you have food on Shabbat. Why would the farmer not be allowed to work during the sixth year, even if the outcome of that work benefits the fields during the seventh year? The Rambam is difficult to understand and has a particular approach, uh, perhaps similar to that of the of the Ritva. But what's really interesting is the approach, approach of Tosfot. And let's have a look at Tosfot, and there we'll get a, a closer understanding of, of his uh, philosophy of the, of the Shemitah year and certainly of the time before the Shemitah year. So on this question of maybe one uh, could be punished by a Beitin for working on Erev Rosh Hashanah, Tosfos asks, why punishment? Um, there's no question that this additional, these additional days is at most a mitzvah aseh. The Torah tells us you shall extend the Shemitah year, you shall not work a little bit before and a little bit after the Shemitah year. But it's not a lot aseh, it's not a prayer. There's no thou shalt not. And Beit Din, the court of law, only punishes if the Torah specifically says, thou shalt not. If you if you've, haven't done something you should have done, you've transgressed by omission rather than by commission, then there's not a, a human Beit Din punishment for that. That's between you and God. Um, and in fact, Rashi, the, the Ritva brings a Rashi, which we don't have, um, that says, therefore, this isn't talking about the normal punishment of a Beitin. This is actually talking about the disciplinary actions that a Beitin can take when a person publicly refuses to do something right, to do a mitzvah. So the Malkot that this Gemara is talking about is not the usual Malkot. It's not the usual punishment of Beitin. It's like when somebody is told to build a sukkah and he says, no, I refuse. I'm not going to eat in a sukkah over Sukkot. Um, then Beitin have a disciplinary authority to be able to enforce the, the keeping of those mitzvot. Says Rashi, the same is here. Not working before the uh, Shemitah actually starts is not a love. It's not a negative prohibition. It's not a thou shalt not. It's a thou shalt. And if somebody refuses to keep those days in Shemitah, then the rabbis have, the Beit Din has a, an authority to, to discipline that person. But the, the Tosfus doesn't learn that way. And Tosfus learns that what, what is happening, this is a proper Doraita, this is a, a prohibition, and it is a thou shalt not. And under normal circumstances, there, there would be a bait in punishment for disobeying that law. Because what it is, is, It's not that the rabbis are saying, or that the Gemara is saying, or that we were taught at Sinai, that there is an additional period before the Shemitah year. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about defining when the Shemitah year starts. And for certain things, we're told the Shemitah year starts before Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, the laws of that period before Rosh Hashanah are exactly the same as the Shemitah laws. It's not some new law that has been given. It's an expansion of the Shemitah laws. So unlike the Rambam that sees the, the essence of, of the Shemitah is about the field and leaving the fields alone, leaving the fields the time to recover, setting the fields a time for the purpose of Kedushah. The, uh, the Tosfot rather sees the Shemitah year as something done for the human being. It's about a time period. And the time period, the, the Chidush of this piece of Gomorrah is that the time period starts not on Rosh Hashanah, but a little bit before Rosh Hashanah. 
So if we can expand our idea and our thinking a little bit that we said on, on Duff Bait, that the idea of, of taking things off one's list, of creating space to be able to do the things one really wants to do, the high up things in life, the, the things that are truly important and not just urgent, to do that which is truly important to one in life, to do that which is, which is more spiritual, that which is involved in the service of Hashem. If, and, and to do that, we need to create the space. And Shemitah is one of those times where the farmers are given a year of space to be able to elevate their thoughts, activities, and feelings to higher matters than taking care of their feel, feelings. What we're taught here is, don't just clear the space from the moment you need the space. Clear the space a little before that time. So if you've decided you're going to spend the evening with your wife or with your husband, and in your calendar you've marked off the evening starts at 7 p.m. You'll finish your work by 7 p.m. Um, and you will have gone to shul and come back from shul, and at 7 p.m. you're going to relax and, and, and do something uh, with your wife or with your family. What we see here is it's such, a, it's such an important psychological and spiritual concept. You can't just put on the brakes and suddenly stop. If you're working and your mind is somewhere else until 7 p.m., it's going to be another hour before you run down and before you're able to engage and, and enter another space. If Shabbat comes in at, at 6 o'clock and, and you're running like crazy until 6 o'clock, uh, we're not digital. You can't just turn us off and then at 6 o'clock all of a sudden we're in Shabbos. And we've spoken the, about this before in one of the Matmonim Shirim. Uh, we're analog beings. We we wind up and we wind down slowly, um, and there's got to be and there's got to be a build up and there's got to be a running down. So, well before Shabbat, we have to stop doing what we're doing and slowly run down so that by the time six o'clock comes, we're ready to take Shabbat in. Well before seven p.m., we've got to start running down so that by the time we're ready to sit down to dinner with our family or with our husbands or wives, we're in the space that we can do that. Well before the time we go to sleep, we should be running down, turning off our screens and our activities, letting our minds relax so that we're ready for, for sleep. And so it is with everything we do. We're going to go to a shiur, we're going to go to shul, we're going to a concert, whatever it is, just to make sure that you clear the space to engage fully in what you've decided to do. But the chidush, the important thing of today's Gemara is don't only clear the space from the starting time, Make sure to clear space before.